for accommodating me and, and praising the Lord that way this morning. It's been a blessing to me. This morning, uh, the message text is out of Ephesians 5. And uh, the message title is Redeeming the Time. So turn with me, if you will, to that, in that message text. Ephesians 5. And we'll read that together. I'm going to re read it out of the, uh, be the New King James Version. Walk in love. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But in all things, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep and rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Walk in wisdom. Or walk in wisdom is the title of the next section. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one, one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for, the thing, for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So redeeming the time again, uh, you could make a easily make a, a, a message just uh, going off with that 
with that title, Redeeming the Time. And that's how it's said in the, in the King James Version. It's kind of redeemed the time, kind of has a neat sound to it. Uh, whereas in the New King James and in the, in the NIV, uh, it talks about making the most of the moment. And I'd like to look at that a bit. But first of all, I'd like to think a bit of time here this morning. And I don't know how time is affecting you today. I think about it of this. I, I th- I, I've been thinking of this summer some. Elise and I were talking about it here recently in our family. You know, where's the summer gone? We look forward to the summer for five and a half months. And uh, at least. And, you know, all of a sudden it came. And all of a sudden... Uh, the summer is over for those of us who have school children. Um, school starts again, summer vacation's over. Doesn't mean that August is completely over, but summer as we think of it as being vacation's over again. And where did that time go? Um, we kind of recounted over the summer with, with our family, and we figured out, well, the time went here and here and here and there, and then there's some kind of vacant spots. We're not sure where it went, but it went. So how does one redeem the time? And the other question I would have, how does this verse fit into the surrounding context of Paul's letter to the Ephesians? I think that's really important to look at. And I don't know that I can conclusively answer all of this, but we're going to look at it and hopefully we'll have a broader and better sense of what redeeming the time is about. The Greek word used here is exagerazo, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm doing my best here without having looked it up, which in turn comes from the Greek words ek, meaning from or from out of, and then the agorazo, meaning to purchase. So this is purchased out of, is, is the, the sense of this. It's a marketplace term. It's not the same term that's used when um, Christ bought us back necessarily. Um, it's more of a marketplace term, buying something out of, purchasing something um, being willing to pay for something, a good price for something. And then the, the concept of, of time here is not the chronos concept. It's not the seconds and minutes concept. Rather, it's a, a period concept, a, a moment. Um, And I'd like to read, I want to give some, I want to give acknowledgement to um, a couple of sources here, the Bible Believer's Commentary and also to um, Life of a Steward, uh, the, that organization, in looking at this. The, the Greek word kairos, which means time, it's not just an idea of time. And it's not, like I said, a measurement like in sundials or minutes and seconds. Instead, it carries with it the idea of the right time, a, a predetermined time or an opportune time. Um, 
You know, maybe we could think of it this way, moments in our lives, children, there's a time that a child is a baby, and then there's a time they're a toddler, and it keeps on going, maybe a teenager, um, maybe a dating couple, maybe you have someone that's in a time of singlehood, maybe in a time of, a, of joy or a time of depression, or a time of uh, sickness or a time of health. These are times. Um, maybe it's a time of, of being old. And, and uh, Paul is saying to redeem the time. Make the best of the moments you're living in. And I believe that this morning, granddaddy, bedridden at home, is redeeming the time. You know, what moment are you living in today? Uh, David Troyer, he's getting ready to go to Belize here soon. And uh, I believe he's planning to redeem the time there in Belize. He's helping out in a mission effort there. Um, and we're looking forward to him going and supporting him in prayer and in encouragement, maybe even money, to redeem for him to redeem the time there. But maybe more importantly is, what about redeeming the time now? Is he redeeming the time now is the question. Um, I remember us being in Romania. And, uh, and we knew that the time was almost up and we were supposed to be coming back home. Uh, you know, and there was six weeks and then five weeks. And somehow in that transition period, it became hard to really live in that time and to really feel like we're <clears throat> making the most of it right there. So sometimes I think that that uh, for us, the hardest times to redeem is the mundane times like right where we're at sometimes. <clears throat> Again, why the word redeem? Uh, this this um, author here in in uh, steward uh, uh, the life of a steward he refers to it as as being like a redeeming a slave you know taking this having a slave that's that's not a runaway slave but rather a slave that is following and helping redeeming the time making this the time work for us and not chasing around the time as one would a runaway slave. I thought that was kind of interesting. <clears throat> the days are evil. We're taking the time away from, from evil times, right? The days are evil. So we're pulling that time out and we're sanctifying it for God's use. So we're, we're in a sense, we're redeeming it. We're buying it. <clears throat> Um, Bible's um, believers, <clears throat> believers Bible commentary says it this way buying up for yourselves a seasonable time whenever it occurs of good to yourselves and to others buying off from the vanities of them that are without going back to Ephesians again being fought, be therefore followers of God dear children 
and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. Followers of God, speaking here of imitators of God, remember we're made in the image of God. That's how we were made. That's how God intended for us to be. So we're supposed to be imitating God. And I'd like to look at this scripture and I've, I've, I've divided it in two parts, positives and negatives. And I'd like to look at those and then come back again here to this thought of redeeming the time and see how this fits together. Maybe what Paul had in mind when he put this verse in its place. So as positives, one is we're imitators of God as his dear children. And it's normal for children, dear children, to imitate their parents, for, for a son to imitate his father. It's perfectly normal if a father likes Fords for his son to like Fords. And it's perfectly normal if his father likes to go hunting for his son to like to go hunting. Um, you know, you know the idea. It's, it, that is very normal. If the mother enjoys uh, sewing for the daughter to enjoy that, and the mother enjoys a certain kind of singing, classical music, or whatever it is, for the daughter to enjoy that, and for the rest of the children to enjoy it, it crosses between parents. Um, we're to enjoy, we're to appreciate, we're to imitate God as his children. First and foremost, we've been redeemed. So in a very large sense, when we think of redeeming the time, once we've been redeemed, we're redeeming a whole block of time in our lives. And then we're supposed to move on into imitating and being like the Father. Okay, so walk in love. Walk in the love of Christ. Share on what Christ has given you. Sacrificially. Wholeheartedly. And the one thing I'm impressed with each year is our fall festival and how people get together and they give of each other. It's a sacrifice of time for many people, for us all. It's a sacrifice of effort, of independence. We have to combine our thoughts. We have to give and take. We have to give up our will sometimes. And that's the way it works in the church as well. All for the benefit of the body. And there are many ways to give sacrificially like Christ gave. We have so many opportunities to, to give um, to each other and, by, and, and then on out to give to other people that are giving. Missionaries, for example. Organizations that are helping. I believe it's scriptural to state that whenever we give of ourselves, out of our love for Christ, it's a sweet-smelling savor to God like he talks about here in Ephesians. Christ gave of himself and it was a sweet-smelling savor. Second Corinthians says this, 2 verse 14, Thanks be to God which always causes us, us to triumph in Christ and make us, maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we, are, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that, are, and them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death and to the other the savor of life unto life. 
it's also good for us to recognize that we are that we are a savor of death to those who reject Christ. I'm not sure how this all works, but this Christian message, this Christian walk that we give, that we that comes out of our life, it casts a shadow of condemnation on evil. It casts a shadow of of uh, judgment on evil and, and on the acts of ungodly men and evil practice. What smells to God is going to smell bad to rebellious men. What smells good to God will, will smell bad to rebellious men. And as God's children, we may find ourselves in an unpleasant position of, of being, of casting an unsavory smell or presence even to our fellow men. And I think it, it's, it's especially at those times we need to remember who we want to, to smell good to, if you want to use that metaphor. Walk as children of light in the Lord. Verse 8. Let the source of your walk flow from all goodness, righteousness, and truth. What better source could we have than that? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, Christ, the light of the world. Walk. Move ahead. Take the next step. Do what God has called you to do today. No. Be what God wants you to be today. Treat others as an imitator of Christ would treat others today. You know, don't fret. And these are things I'm talking to myself as well. Don't fret about what God wants you to be tomorrow or who you should be. Instead, of focus, instead focus on what God wants you to be today. Redeem the time. Make the most of it today. Be what God would have you to be now. And then prove what is acceptable to the Lord. And these are some things that come to, came to my mind when I thought of proving myself, proving what would be acceptable to the Lord. What does the Lord think of how I treat, how you treat those around me and you? My family, colleagues at work, my brothers and sisters in the church, my neighbors, my employees or employer, my customer, my friends, or my even my enemies. Is the Lord pleased with how I'm treating them. As imitators of Christ, we should be thinking about that. We're to test our thoughts and actions in the light of the Word. How would the Lord feel about my work habits, my study habits, my goals and aspirations for life? Am I testing those? Are all of those God-honoring or am I focused on my own success or, sur or even just survival with proper thought of why God has placed me where I'm at and how I should be redeeming the time, making the most of the moment I'm in. So you're at work and you're in the middle of selling something. You're in the middle of selling your product. You're in the middle of building something. You're in the middle of milking the cows or taking care of some needs, some health needs or whatever it's at. Wherever it's at. You know, where... 
what comes to your mind? What comes to my mind uh, when I see that person across the table from me? Am I thinking about making the most of the moment I have for the Lord with that person, with that situation? How does the Lord feel about my reading? About my social media intake? The hobbies and the passions I have? You know, in that bright, beaming, penetrating light of the Word, the Word is quick and sharp and it divides and it cleans and cleanses. In that bright, beaming, penetrating light of the Word is the time I spend Facebooking and so forth redemptive time. It can be. But we need to be careful. We need to keep in mind that we're to make the most of the moment. Is the time I spend interacting with my fellow men at every level redemptive time? Time that will deepen and strengthen my relationship with them. Time to let them know I care for them. I really truly care for them. Time that will be useful in both helping myself and helping them to better imitate, to more fully imitate the Father, our Father. You know, how does the, what does the Lord, what would he think of my schedule? What does he think of my schedule? Have I given, given enough time for the work of Christ through the water of the Word to, to regenerate me day by day? Is my spiritual skin glistening with the cleansing baths of the Word? I like to think of it that way. You know, we're not in the bath of God's Word all the time, but I think our spiritual skin should be glistening with the effects of it all the time. That makes sense to me. If our, if our spiritual skin isn't glistening, most likely our schedule um, and what we're doing and how we're interacting isn't going to be very effective, very redemptive spiritually. You know, we, we may well redeem the time, the minutes, the seconds, and be the productive worker. Uh, that's, and that, that is well and that's good. But how much better if we can be that productive worker that's redeeming the minutes and the seconds, that shines for Christ, who has the sweet smell of Christ in all He says and all He does. And that's, that's quite a high bar to live to. But that's okay. Christ sets the high bar. He puts it way up. Because He wants to grow us and keep growing us. He wants us to be perfect as His Father is perfect in heaven. And He's, getting, he's working to get rid of those spots and blemishes and those wrinkles in our lives. So there's some negatives here that I want to look at as well. We have to look at. These aren't so pleasant. Fornication, illicit relationships, uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, foolish speech, <clears throat> jesting, 
etc. A waste of time. That's what Paul's saying these are. They're a waste of time. They're not redemptive. And they're a sure way to alienate us from God. Being deceived with vain words. Another waste of time. Not redemptive. Words that are misleading from the tenor of the Word. So you take the tenor of the Word, the tenor of the Gospel, Christ in everything, through everything. You know, if you're hearing words that don't match up to those, then it's a waste of your time. And it even goes on, he even goes on to say it's a sure way to open God's wrath on us. He goes on to say, don't be partakers of people who waste their time. It's not where the child of God belongs, anytime, anywhere. I remember a, a uh, revival preacher, Paul Kurtz, preaching a message in Blaze City when I was 19 years old. And the message title was, uh, well, let's not worry about the message title. I can't remember it anymore. But it was something about uh, under the, 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 the light of a, like a, of a uh, camera. God's, cam, God's, cam, God's camcorder, I think is what it was. Okay. Anyways, a phrase he said time and time again was this. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. And sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And that stuck with me. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. Don't be partakers with people who waste their time. It keeps you longer, it costs you more, and it takes you further than you really want to go. It ain't worth it. And partaking, I believe, is different than participating with people at times who, who uh, cross our paths and so forth. Partaking has more of the, the connotation in my mind of, of socializing with, of sharing uh, with in their excesses and so forth and in their evil and not being, not giving the savor, the sweet smelling savor that we should give or to them a savor of death that we should give. And you know, we can, we think of this in, in often as face-to-face, but I think it's pretty important that we remember in our day with social media that we keep that same standard. We don't allow evil influences to, to barrage our feed. We don't allow evil influences to uh, influence us. We don't participate uh, with the negativity that goes on. It's not part of our imitator of Christ, of God lifestyle. We don't do it. Okay, so in verse 11, then he says, take the offense. Don't have fellowship with the unfruitful. And I put in parentheses, wasteful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. You know, is it this command that maybe we avoid? And is it this command that gets people persecuted? 
That's the question that came up in my mind. We love to be a peace-loving people. A people that, you know, love other people. But in this day and age, maybe the reproof that we'll be required to give or be called to give will be labeled hate speech or will be labeled as something, you know, that we shouldn't say. It's offensive. Reproving the works of darkness is the call of the Christian. And there is a way for us to do that. There's a good way. It doesn't need to be. It's, it's the imitating of God way. It's the, it's the way of love. The way of respecting our fellow men. The way of being kind and being redemptive in our speech. We're called to be imitators of God in this respect and how we present truth and reproof. Never should our speech be harsh or downgrading when we think of reproving evil. Coming closer to home, we are called to reprove sometimes, though not on the broad front. But maybe, uh, and more likely, it's going to be reproof in the brotherhood. Maybe your brother sees something that you're doing wrong. You shouldn't be doing it. It brings question up. Or your sister sees that and she reproves you or he reproves you. Um, or maybe you're called to bring into question the action of someone else to give reproof. It's not a fun thing to do. And it's not a fun thing to have come your way. But it's a necessary thing. We're supposed to reprove anything that that would be unredemptive, not redemptive. Disentangling ourselves from those who practice the the uh, wasteful, wasteful ways of evil. Walk circumspectly. Redeem the time. A Wesley King, he shared uh, uh, some time ago and uh, I wrote down a note he took. He says, walking circumspectly is like a cat stalking a mouse. It's walking very carefully. You have that, that mouse and you can see the cat following it. it. You know, the tail's twitching and it's following the mouse's every move. Um, it has an eagle eye on that mouse. Another, another uh, description that came to my mind is an eagle scouring the landscape for prey, walking circumspectly with, with a very um, focused eye. Just recently we had this, I heard this word used in an interesting situation. Um, one of our presidential candidates is not well liked by a Supreme Court justice. And uh, she made some comments about this person they were very negative and very critical. And uh, of course, this went all over the political board. And she came back then with this statement. I heard it on NPR Morning News, and I thought it was really interesting. She made this statement. Judges should avoid commenting on a candidate for public office. In the future, I will be more circumspect. 
And I thought that was interesting to hear it coming from a Supreme Court justice. Um, especially what I think of as a King James, uh, King James word. Well, circumspect, the cinnamons, cin cinnamons, synonyms there are alert, cautious, careful, conservative, considerate, guarded, heedful, safe, wary. Your antonyms are careless, heedless, incautious, unguarded, unmindful, unsafe, and unwary. And we certainly would want our judges to be circumspect, wouldn't we? But God wants his children to be circumspect. He wants them to walk circumspectly, not as fools. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And following here, I think, are some very good verses, practical instructions, godly instructions, timeless instructions of how we can redeem the time. And I'd like to look at these verses 17 through 21 again. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And what is the will of the Lord? That we be imitators of him. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So, understanding what the will of the Lord is, imitators of God, being filled with the Spirit, that means focused on God, uh, focused on, in His Word, where His Spirit can speak to us, in prayer, being regenerated by the water of the Word, being mindful of the Spirit's instructions in our lives for the moment. Then it goes on to say, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I worked with a man off and on for some years. He was also my... my uh, uh, course director, James Overholt. Some of you may know him. But in the field and wherever you found him, he was always singing. Um, always had a song going. And it was, it was a pleasure to work with him. A happy man. Um, and he didn't have, there were, he had some very, some really tough things to go through. Um, But that, that was an encouragement to me as a youth, to hear him singing, to hear him making melody, praising the Lord. And we do well to do that. I do well to do that. There's times that things are rough for me, um, that a song, thinking of a song, um, focusing on a song, focus, focusing on a hymn, can make a real difference in how I see life. And I'm sure result in a much better testimony to those I'm in contact with. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always and for all things. It doesn't give any exemptions there, does it? Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Godly, practical, timeless instructions for redeeming, making the most of the moment. 
May God bless us. May God help us to make the most of our time, each moment, each place we're at.